We used to have, I used to go to all boys school. Say, so, ooh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and all the girls went to an all girls school. I know. And you know, it's amazing. Us boys, when there was no girls around, we did whatever we wanted to do. We were just crazy. And then I transferred over to a boy-girl school, and all of a sudden, the guys were not acting crazy in class. Why? They didn't want to look foolish in front of the ladies. But when we we're all of us guys together, we just did whatever we wanted to do. Amen? So all the guys, they would have a, a uh, remember a sock hop in the, in the gymnasium? You couldn't wear shoes. You wear your socks. And you, no. Okay. Never. Okay. Step back, Jack. Okay. Well, we had those, and then we invite the girls from the other schools, and we check them all out, you know, and look and see, you know, who's the prettiest, who's the cutest, who thought we were the cutest, and then we would ask them to dance, right? Now, do you remember there was always, oh, so, so this guy, and they're going to get it up on the screen now in a minute. Are they able to? <laughs> I like these signs that they give you. <laughs> Uh, okay, so there was always, uh, so this guy went to a, a grade school dance, and uh, so his dad asked him after, at the next day, did you have a good time, son? Oh, yes, I had a great time. Did you dance with any of the girls? Yes, I danced with the girls. He says, was there any girl that nobody danced with? He goes, yeah. Well, why didn't you ask them to dance? He thought, hmm, I never thought of that. Why am I thinking about myself and not thinking about the interests of others. And so that's what we, we get locked into that sometimes, where we're just thinking about ourselves, not thinking about other people, right? So we have to just walk across the room and move to another dimension. Praise God. So here we show Jesus. He takes time with the little children, doesn't he? He's a busy guy. But he's not too busy to sit down and talk with the little children. The Bible says the children loved him, right? He said, suffer the little children. Permit the little children to come unto me. Because he was a fun guy, he reached them, he touched their hearts. And so how much more shall we reach out and touch a little child, a youth? It doesn't take much time, but just to show them that they're important, that you care, and that God loves them. Amen? You getting this? I'm building to a certain point here. And let's get to it. Uh, so, what does uh, Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go therefore, you go. Are you talking to me? <laughs> when you get to heaven in the Bible and God says to you, did you do that scripture in Matthew 28, go? I didn't know that was for me. I, I, uh, I got caught up, you know, my work, my job, and my family. I didn't go. You didn't go. That was for everybody. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That is our vision. That's what I'm trying to do. Get you out of the seats and get you out into the streets. I like that, right? Get you out of the seats and into the streets. <laughs> get you out of the seats and into the streets. Out of the seats and in. Okay. Let me entertain you, okay? <laughs> but that's what we're supposed to do. The church is not this four walls, right? We are the church, and we're supposed to go out. And my job is to teach you to do that, to push you to be able to do that. 
with the joy of the Lord. Amen? So our mission is S-A-V-E, save. Easy to remember, save. What does the S stand for? Start, thank you very much. Start friendships with others through fellowship and active engagement. So we know that Jesus preached to the multitudes, right? Thousands. Remember one time he fed 5,000 men, one time 4,000 men. You know, he was a great preacher. Hallelujah. I want to be the great preacher. Don't you want to be the great preacher? Don't you want to be the great singer? Thousands upon thousands to hear you sing and hear me preach. Glory to God. But guess what? Also, Jesus, it's recorded, spent a lot of time ministering to just one person, right? And that's what our goal is, the goal of one. Can you just find somebody to minister to, somebody to talk to, somebody that needs to hear the love of God? Can you find any? I couldn't find anybody, Lord. I looked, I looked. Please, give me a religious break, right? So, now, now Jesus, here's some re recordings of people that he ministered to individually. We have this guy up here, Zacchaeus, that was caught up in a tree. Hallelujah. Zacchaeus, I said, caught up in the tree. How did Jesus find him? He was playing hide-and-go-seek. <laughs> I see you. Now, what did Jesus say to him? Did Jesus say, you know, you, you tax collector, you sinner, you need to repent and come down from there. Is that what he said? No. He said, Zacchaeus. He called him by name. Friend, Zacchaeus, I must eat at your house today. I must. What does that mean? God was telling him, directing him, you need to go and spend some time with Zacchaeus. So he went and he had time with him, lunch with him. Praise God. Do you have a I must? Do you have a I, I got to talk to that person? I, I got to talk to that neighbor. I got to talk to my coworker. I got to. God is putting it in my heart to do it. If you don't, I don't know. Are you being led by the Spirit or not? Is God just up there going like, well, whatever you want to do, do? No, he's putting into us a desire to do things. So Zacchaeus, he went and he had lunch with him. Another, another person, the woman at the well, Jesus had time, had, sat down and had time with her, talking to her about spiritual truths that even he didn't share with his disciples. Can you imagine that? His beloved disciples, and he's sharing it with this woman who had five husbands. He didn't say, you know what? You're a mess. <laughs> you need to get your act together. Before I share anything with you, you need to get your life in order. Did he say that? He was a friend of sinners. He spent time with them. And the Bible says he was hungry, he was tired, he was thirsty. But after he ministered to this woman, he was refreshed, he said. My meat is to do the will of the Lord. My nourishment, my excitement, my uh, you know, fulfillment is speaking to a woman. One person. Uno. Goal of one. Amen? He didn't have to preach to a thousand. He said the Lord filled him up and filled him with the Spirit. Okay, next, next person. The pool of Bethesda, five porches. And here's this man who is lame uh, for 38 years, and he couldn't get in to get healed. And Jesus went to him and talked to him and said, would you be healed? He said, yeah, I can't get into the water. He said, I am. You know, you're healing. I will heal you. Isn't that good news? Now, what about all these other people? He didn't go to them. Why? Because there was no faith there. He was destined to do one. And what we have to do is pray for God. Lord, show us the one that we're supposed to be with. Who is, who is the one? Amen? We got all year to find one. 
Let's start early. Let's start now. And here's the one I really like. The, uh, the maniac, maniac of Gadara. He had 2,000 demons. And so Jesus and his disciples cross over the lake, and they get there. And it's not an easy trip. You know, they didn't have speedboats in those days. They had to do the rowing and the sailing, and they get out. And he goes and delivers this guy that had 2,000 demons. And all the people were in uproar, saying, you know, depart from us. Get out of here. And so what did Jesus do? He packs it all up, gets in the boat, and leaves. He went for one person. Come on, talk to me, one person. And I like this guy on the end there by the boat. He goes, what do you mean we're going back? I, we just got here, man. I've been working so hard to get here. Now we got to go back. And a lot of times things are not so easy. They're difficult for one person. Can you do it? Can you do it? I like what uh, God told Norval Hayes. Norval Hayes, uh, God wanted him to go to this retirement home uh, in Florida and, and, and build a, a church and have these old people come and, and get ministered to. And uh, Jesus said to him, you know, if they don't hear the word, they're not going to make heaven. And I need my people to make it to heaven. He said, but Lord, I got, all the, I got 10 businesses as it is. Can't you get someone else? And the Lord told him, but you're the one that is designed. You know how to do this. You know how to organize the teams and go out and minister to the houses and bring them in. I need you to do it. He said, but Lord, I am so busy. And you know what the Lord said? You ready? Probably the same thing he'll say to you. Would you do it for me? Would you do it for me? That's the call today. Would you do it for me? Amen? So that's the, uh, the individual on start a friendship. You start it. Don't wait for them to come to you. You start it. You, be, you use the initiative. And so uh, the second part of the save, S-A, is uh, adopt people into the family of God through love, service, and sacrifice. And Terry did a wonderful job of talking about how she learned from her parents how to reach out and have people come into the house, be adopted into the family, and work with them. Let's see the picture here. Jesus, when he made his disciples, did he have just like an office? And he said, okay, I'll meet you at the office and we'll go out. No. He fellowshiped with them. He ate with them. He spent time with them. He slept with them. And they went out together to do the work of the Lord. So you adopt people into the family of God. V is our mission. I mean, our mission with V is valuing God's call to people's lives through spiritual mentoring and disciple. Valuing God's call. Do you know that we all have a calling in our life? You may not think that you do, but we, but we do. And I used to think that when people said, God has a plan for your life, I go like, oh, that's just a nice thing to say. Didn't you think that? What, what kind of plan would he have for me? Each one of us has an individual plan he wants to fulfill in us. Amen? And so the illustration that Jesus used was the woman that lost the coin. She had 10 coins and she lost one, right? No, go back to the, the, the slide before. No, not there. Okay, so what happened was, in those days, they had coins that they put as a headdress. And if one coin's missing, it's like having a tooth missing. You know, it's like, it's not right. So she had to go and get that coin because there was a plan for that coin. And what did she do? She swept the house. She searched diligently. She didn't get tired. She didn't wait till the sun went down. She kept searching and looking for that one coin. And when she found it, she was what? Ecstatic. The coin which I have lost is found. The prodigal son, the boy that was lost has been... Do you have any prodigal sons? Do you have any prodigal daughters? 
that God is searching for them. He's sweeping over to reach them and touch them. And so what does she do? Then she has a party. Mm. Next slide. Over a coin. Come on. What's all the happiness about? What's all the joy about? Well, they're having a party because what was lost is found. You know, when you lose something and you find it, you get so happy. Well, God, the Bible says, the next scripture says that all heaven, the next, next slide says, all heaven, the angels of God rejoices over one sinner who repents. All of heaven is rejoicing. Are you causing a party in heaven? <laughs> Can you get one person to get saved? I got a call from um, Lily. She, she got her dentist saved. Isn't that amazing? Got her dentist saved. And she called, she, she texted me, I'm so happy, I'm so overjoyed. I gave him some books, I gave him the Bible, I'm so happy. She was having a party. And the angel's up in heaven, yeah, girl, woo, go, yeah. That's good news. All of heaven. So are you causing a party in heaven? Amen? Amen, okay. Now, let's go to Revelation 20, verse 12. Here's where I'm, I'm finding more and more that God has a plan for our lives, and he has a book written about us. Did you know that? It says right on the book, Patricia Hernandez. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books, not one book, not the book of life, but books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life, but these, this other book, were, the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Can I get an amen? You know, there's books in heaven about you. Your story right there. Praise the Lord. Richard, there's your story here. Let me look into your book and see what's going on here. Oh, you had some bad times, but you came out of it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Things are looking pretty good now. Amen. Oh, things are going to get better. Hallelujah. So... <laughs> <laughs> so there are angels in heaven looking at your books, trying to help you get to the place where you're supposed to be. Can I get an amen? amen. Uh, isn't that good news? You're not just wandering like blind, you know, like, you know, warm, 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 hot, cold, cold. No, no. He has a plan for you. You've got to find it. You have to discover it. He'll reveal it to you. Amen? Now, so the thing is, I'm going to use a demonstration with... Uh, Brother Nathan, Nathan, come on up and help me, brother. Give Nathan a hand clap of praise, amen. Stand over here and let, let the crowd see you. Nathan graduated high school, he graduated youth, and now he's into big time, uh, big service, amen. The big top. So how old are you, sir? 18 years old, okay. Now, this is your lifeline. This is how long you're going to live, you know, in eternity. And so this is your, your life right here. And so 18 years old is about, compared to eternity, about right there. <laughs> how long do you think you're going to live for? 80. 80. Okay, we'll put you out right about here, okay? 80 right there. Okay, let go. Now, let's, let's show in eternity's lifetime... How long are you going to live in eternity? Stretch that out a little bit. Forever and ever and ever, right. Okay, there's about 1,000 years, 2,000, 3,000, 10,000 years. You tired yet? No, keep going. 
keep going. 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 years, 100,000 years. There's no end to it, right? All right, come on back, Nathan. Let's, let's, let's get back to your, your life. You're right here at 18, right? Right here, right, at 18? You're going to 80. This is 80, and this is the rest of your life. Do you know what you do from here to here is going to determine your rewards for the rest of your life? That's my job, <laughs> to get you to get off and do some things from 0 to 80, okay? We're going to work with you on that, amen? Okay, thank you, sir. Okay, God bless you. We're incorporating the youth into our service. In fact, Marianne's up there right now recruiting the youth to be part of the greeters that we have uh, as people come into the service so that they don't think this is a foreign place, uh, the main, main service. Uh, we're having um, Megan work with Marlene to do praise and worship. We're having uh, Matthew Carrillo work with the sound to learn how to do sound. So we want to incorporate the youth so that when they graduate, they don't feel this, like this is foreign to them. Like, what's going on? What do you guys do up here? Well, we have fun. Amen? Praise God. Good thing we have a good, healthy, fun-loving pastor. Amen? Not boring. Not just like, you know, okay, turn in your Bibles. <laughs> Psalms 19, the joy of the Lord. Oh, that's right. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen? So now we're going to get to uh, the last E, empowering people to do the will and the work of God. Let's see that scripture, the next scripture. Uh, keep, skip over, go one more. Okay, now, do you know this? that you can only give what you have? How can you empower someone to do something if you don't have it to give? Is that not right? Not right? How can you give wisdom to somebody if you don't have the wisdom? How can you give the person the joy of the Lord when you don't have it? So whatever you have received of the Lord, you're able to give it. You may have only a slice of what of God, but that's the slice that you give them. And when we all come together, we become the habitation of God in the Spirit. Is that not true? And we each bring a part of what God, what we have and know about God. And so, uh, here's a story about Moses. How many of you guys know Moses? Moses, Moses, Moses. Moses was having a hard time. He had three million uh, murmuring people. <laughs> Murmur, 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 murmur. You ever been with people that murmur? Oh, it's, it's just, it just wears you out. Not happy about anything. Murmur, murmur. Where's the, where's the beef? <laughs> where's the quail? Where's the water? Why did you take us out here to die? And he's just like ready to pull his hair out. He said, I can't take it anymore, Lord. And God said to him, to Moses, gather to me 70 men of the elders of Israel whom you know to be elders of the people. In other words, they're already doing the work. They're already being elders. But gather to me those that are doing that. And, oh, no, go back still. That 
they may be, they may stand there with you. Then I will come down and talk with you there. Pretty exciting, isn't it? Ooh, God's coming. <laughs> Let me see. Let me look around. Who's the 70 elders? You're an elder, you're an elder, you're an elder. You're, no, no. You've been an elder. Yeah, okay, come on up. Okay. Got 70 of them that are already doing the elders. In other words, I didn't make Pastor Charlie a pastor. He was already doing it. And so I just, you know, acknowledged what God has already done. I can't make somebody anything, but I see him working. I see him doing. He's doing the things that I, you know, asked him. or not, A lot of things I didn't even ask him to do. People are sick. People need help. He's already on it. He's already doing it. He comes and he says, well, so-and-so had a problem, and I took care of it. I went over to the house. Really? Oh, my gosh. You're, doing, you're, you're pastoring. Right? And one day the Lord told me, don't call him Elder Charlie anymore. Call him Pastor Charlie. Okay, yes, sir. So then he went on the process of trying to do all the paperwork to make it happen, which was harder than just serving the people, praise God. <laughs> now, here's the thing I want to show you. Numbers 11, 17. Ready? Ready to get into it deep? Ready? 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 Okay, bring it, baby. Now, I will take of the spirit that is upon you, Moses, and I will put that same spirit upon them. What are you talking about? I thought he would say, I'll put my spirit on them. Wouldn't you think that's what God would say? No, he said, I'll take the same spirit that's on you, and I'll put it on them. You can only give what you, what you have. Freely you have received, freely give. He, didn't, he said, Moses, the gift and the spirit that you have as administrative, as being able to judge the people, I'm putting that same spirit on the people that are serving you. Praise God. I will take of the spirit that is upon you, and I will put that same spirit upon them, and they shall bear the burden of the people with you that you may not bear it yourself alone. So I can be assured when I tell Pastor Charlie to do something, I don't have to worry like, oh, don't, 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 don't say it that way. Or be careful. I mean, he has the same spirit I have of loving and caring for you, nurturing you, not scolding you and berating you, right? Loving and kind and encouraging. For instance, we had a lady in our fellowship, kind of in this area right in here. Maybe on this row right about here. Could be maybe right in this area right in here. <laughs> Her hot water tank went out in her house. How many of you would like that to happen to you? No hot water, guess what? No showers, no baths. Can't even wash your hands with warm water. Marietta, being the kind soul that she was, uh, tried to figure out how to operate with that because the price tag when she went to the store was astronomical to have it fixed, like $1,700. So she did this, so when she wanted to do a bath, she'd run the bath and then boil some hot water and put it in the tub and take a bath. That's like old school, isn't it? <laughs> That's beyond old school. <laughs> so uh, after a month's time, how, long, how, many, how many days do you think you would you know, live doing that? One day at the most. She went over a month, and she was starting to go out to the parking lot 
And, she, and the Lord told her, go, tell, go ask Pastor Charles, uh, Pastor Chuck, to, to pray with you. So I prayed with her. She told me, I go, you don't have a hot water heater, a tank? Pastor Charlie and I, we'll, we'll help you with that. That's, that's not a problem. We can do that. She says, oh, I don't want to bother you. I go, no, it's no bother. No bother. That's why we're here. So I went to Pastor Charlie, and I said, Pastor Charlie, go tell um, Marietta. No names, just, you know. <laughs> go tell that lady <laughs> that we'll help her. Because if she has a need, we're there to help her. But tell her we want, just want to arrange a time that we, it's convenient for all of us. So Pastor Charlie went over, and here's how the dialogue went. Hey, lady. <laughs> hey, lady. Pastor Tuck told me you got a problem. <laughs> And you need some help. Well, Pastor Tuck and I are going to come over and help you because we know you're helpless and you don't know what you're doing about that. And uh, we just want to help you, so we're going to check our schedule when our schedule gets clear because we're pretty busy right now. When our schedule gets clear, then we'll come over and give you a hand, okay? Okay? Got that. Okay, thank you. Uh, did he carry the same spirit that I had? No. no. Pastor Charlie, no. What are you? Don't talk to them that way. I've had to correct people on staff because they would go and say stuff to people, and I'm going, don't say it that way. Be, be kind. Be, you know, cordial. Give them respect. Amen. Don't be chopping them up and chiding them and everything. Pastor Charlie has never done that. That's why I can, that looks so foreign to hear him say something like that, right? You would never say that, Pastor Charlie, is that right? No. Even before Christ, would you? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Thank God he's rejuvenated in the Lord. Amen. Amen. So that's one example. I want to show you another example in the Old Testament. Uh, is a story about Elijah and Elisha. Now, my question is, why did they have these guys with the names that are so close to each other? You know, why, why didn't they call him Bob or something? I mean, why Elijah and Reuben or something? Why do you have Elijah, Elisha? Which, which one are you talking about, Elijah or Elisha? Please. It's kind of like when we went into the interview for licensing. They said, what do you mean? You got a Pastor Chuck, you got a Pastor Charlie, and you got uh, your son, Charles? Being a youth pastor, what, what, what is it here? You, is only Charles is getting into this group? <laughs> well, no, that's just the way it is. He goes, well, are you done? I go, well, Chaz, if Chaz came, <laughs> put him in there too. <laughs> but anyway, so Elijah, the old man, is getting ready to leave. He has, he has a little school of prophets, and he works with them, and he teaches them. And uh, so he's getting ready to go home to be with the Lord. So he tells the guys, I'm leaving here, I'm going on a journey, and Elisha says, I, I'm not leaving you, I'm standing by your side all the way. He didn't want to miss anything. It's kind of like Pastor Charlie, when I go to pray for people, I don't even tell him I'm praying, all of a sudden I look up, there he is. What, what, how do you, okay, praise God. He, he don't want to miss anything. Praise God. So Elisha said, 
I'm not going to miss anything. So he goes to one city, and then Elijah tells him again, I'm leaving, leave me alone. And Elijah says again, you ain't leaving me. I'm following you. I don't want to miss anything. They go to another city. Same thing, Elijah, the old man says, depart from me, okay? I want some privacy. Leave me alone. Elijah said, I ain't leaving you alone. And so they get to the River Jordan, and they're going to go across, and the prophets are on the hill watching this, and Elijah takes his mantle, rolls it up, and slaps the waters, and the waters part. Pretty impressive, isn't it? And they walk across, and Elijah walks across with him. And so uh, he says to him, now uh, the, the young man says, to, uh, the old man says to the young man, what is it that you want? Why you bother me? He says, I want a double portion of what you have. Isn't that amazing? I want what you have, but double it. And Elijah, the old man, said, you're asking for a pretty hard task here. You want double my anointing? If you can see me when I leave, then you can have it. Oh, this gets so good. If you can see me, well, how, how, how hard is it to see him? You just watch him. But what I learned, what the Lord revealed to me in the wee hours of the night while you were sleeping is that God was saying, if you can go across the River Jordan, if you can cross over the Great Divide, if you can get into the Word and study and find out what God has for you, and then you open up your spiritual eyes to see what God has for you and what He wants you to do, you shall attain it, you shall receive it you got to press, baby. Press in and find out in the Word of God. Talk to people. Find out what other people have done. And when you do that, you can receive from the Lord what He has for you. You have to read the Word. You have to pray in the Spirit. You have to come close to God so that you can receive in the Spirit what God has prepared for you in the natural. Amen? This is, this is for everybody. And so here's what Elijah did. Then he took the mantle of Elijah who had just stretched forth, you know, the, his mantle and, and parted the, the Jordan River, he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Interesting, isn't it? He said, I saw you, God, do this for Elijah. I'm going to do the same thing. Where are you? Can I take a little brief setback here? When I had lymphoma cancer, I said, wait a minute. I saw Dodie Osteen overcome this. She's not a preacher. They left her home to go home, excuse me, 88 pounds. You got a couple weeks left. She went home and started confessing and believing God that she was healed. According to, by his stripes, I am healed. I said, if God could do that for Dodie, surely he can do it for me. I'm a, I'm a pastor. What are you? The God of Dodie Osteen, where are you? Yes. Amen? If you saw it done for somebody else, he'll do it for you. You've got to dig down deep and find out in the word of God what he has promised. Open your spiritual eyes and see it. And when he had also struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elijah crossed over. And the next scripture, Now when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said... The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. They said, man, you're you operating just like he did. You can operate just like all the prophets, all those that you see in the word of God, 
All that you hear on TV. I, uh, Lily show, uh, sent me a, a testimony of this lady named Audrey Mack. Never heard of her before. Anyway, she has this testimony where she was planning a holiday to go with her husband because she travels a lot, and they were going to go scuba diving at, in Fort Lauderdale. So she's packing up the, her, her, uh, her van. She, she got married when she was 36 years old, so she's used to doing all the luggage herself. Some of you ladies can relate to that. So she's picking up the luggage and putting it in the, the van, and uh, all of a sudden her back goes out. Ever had that happen to you? Or your knee goes out or anything goes out. And so she goes, oh. So she walked back into the house and says, ah, I don't know what happened, but my back's out. And the husband said, well, honey, we don't want to force this now. We'll just cancel our trip. Oh, no, 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 no. I planned for this trip. I'm going on this trip. Okay. So they went to bed, and she's praying, and he's sleeping. Hallelujah. <laughs> How many of you, when you had young kids and the, the baby was awake and the husband pretends like he's sleeping <laughs> so the wife would get up? <laughs> I've heard some guys say that they hear, a, hear somebody downstairs and they tell the wife, could you go check and see who that is? Oh my God. So anyway, uh, she's praying all night to get healed. She, fi I, she figures, in the morning, everything will be better. Wouldn't you think that? You pray all night, everything would be better. She woke up the next day still in pain. Worse yet, the, her husband had to pull her out of the bed. He said, honey, you don't look too good. <laughs> Well, I hope you had a good night's sleep anyway. And so she, he said, well, we don't have to go on the, on the scuba diving trip. She said, oh, no, I'm not going to be denied. I am going on the scuba diving trip. So they get in the car. They go to go get their equipment, their tanks and their fins and all that stuff. And they walk in to the shop. And the guy says, uh, what, are you, uh, what are you here for? Well, we're here for our reservation. We want to pick up our scuba diving equipment. They said, for two? And because and, she's walking in like this, you know, he says, yeah, for two. So they give her the equipment. She gets on the boat. She starts trying to put her stuff on, you know, and the people are looking at her like, you're going scuba diving? You can't even walk. How can, how can you go scuba diving? They put the, you know, the vest on and the suit and the, the big fins and the, get the tank on. And she's walking like this and everybody's like, <laughs> and the husband says, you don't have to risk your life for this, okay? <laughs> if I drop you down there and you don't come up, you know, you may not come up. And uh, she said, I am believing God. Now, I would never do this. I don't recommend doing this. But it encouraged my faith to see how bold some people can get. So she puts her foot out like this, and she has to jump up to get into the water. And sure enough, she said, as soon as she jumped up and one foot hit the water, instantly healed. Why is that? I don't know. She believed that she received. The Bible says faith is an act. And she believed that if she acted on her faith, God would come through. Where is the God of Elijah? Where is the God of Moses? We have that same spirit, the spirit of Christ that raised us, raised him up from the dead, also dwells in us, that we can do everything and anything that he did. He said, greater works will you do because I go to the Father. Amen? Amen. you, you got to be able to, to have this kind of bold faith to empower you so that you can empower others, so people can be encouraged. Are you encouraged with these stories? I certainly am. How in the world did they do that? 
I don't know. <laughs> but you have to, wherever you are, let the Spirit of the Lord just be upon you to accomplish those things that you need to be done. Amen? Let's just take a moment and think about this for a minute. God wants to use you in the incredible, in the impossible, in things that were improbable with man, whom the doctors say this will never happen, who the financiers will say that you'll never get above water. I heard this one story, this guy, excuse me for a minute. He said he was always just below the poverty level. And he said he got a raise and he got, he got just above the poverty level and then the government raised the poverty level, so then all of a sudden he's back down below the poverty level. <laughs> but now he's one of the world's richest people because he applied the principles of God. And we want to apply the principles of God in every area, whether it be health, finances, in relationship. God is ready, willing, and able to meet your need and do the impossible in your life. Amen? Now I want to challenge you. If you say here today, you know, Lord, I want you to empower me. I want to go forth and make disciples. I want to be the difference in someone else's life. I want you just to stand up and you say, well, I'm not fully committed. Well, just whatever you're committed, whatever little part that you have that's committed to Christ, just stand up and let the Lord take hold of your desire and your heart. And we're going to see God work in your life. I know... My dedication to the Lord started with just a small little step. And I just kept increasing, increasing, increasing to the point now I'm possessed with serving the Lord. Charles was testifying that he came to pick me up for the men's group. And my wife said, he gone. He gone already. He said, wow, my dad, he's committed. Because I'm committed, he's committed. I can remember one time when he was in the hospital. I think he was about eight or nine years old. And uh, he was having an asthma attack. And it was settled and everything. But we said, son, we got to go to a, a function at church, but we'll be right back. So I'm like, well, what kind of parents are these? <laughs> Leave me here in the hospital alone. We came back, and he was fine. So then when we went to Berkeley for his graduation, we drove all the way up there, wanted to spend time with him. He said, Dad, thanks for coming. Thanks for the dinner, but i got to meet some friends. we got to do some things for the Lord. I go, what? Where did you learn that? <laughs> from you, Dad, from you. So let the Lord take you. Whatever part of you wants to serve him, allow him to take that right now. Magnify it. Expound upon it. Let him glorify your desire. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these that are here. Let's repeat after me. Say, Father God. Let's all say it. Father God. Take what's inside of me, whatever you have put in me, use it for your glory. Orchestrate my life to be a blessing to you. Show me places and people that I can touch to make a difference in their lives. Use me, O oh Lord, for your glory. In Jesus' name.